Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperood. Hey, friends. You guys! We got an email since last time. We're in! <laughs> we made the team. We made it! <laughs> you guys throw the, throw the rock sign in the air one time if you feel me. We're officially in the Illuminati. What up? It's the What If Podcast. We got our email response from the Illuminati. If anyone, it, it's just titled... So it's the it's from the Illuminati. Yep. Subject yep. line important instructions. Also the uh the pre-header email that they have the first word is official in all caps so you know it's official. It's also followed by a pyramid emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer. Oh. The Illuminati welcomes you. We hold you a citizen of our shared planet in the highest esteem. This message, message contains important instructions to ensure that you receive our communications and updates to your membership status. It is vital that you read this entire message and follow its directions. Guess what? I'm not going to. <laughs> We're only going to read part of it on our show so we can make fun of it. For your protection, there is no membership fee to join the Illuminati. Anyone who asks for fees or dues to join the Illuminati is not authorized by our organization. Be wary of groups who seek to tarnish the name of the Illuminati by fabricating rumors. The only official source for the Illuminati information is on our... Huh? On our <laughs> official website. I can't read. So, we made the team. We're, We're in. in! Also, you can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram. You guys... Everything has changed since we talked to you last week. <laughs> now that we're in the Illuminati, um, I got I got a call that I've been waiting for since I was 12 years old. Jay Z called me up yesterday. Yep, he was uh, he was psyched. First of all, he was psyched. I got a I got an official welcome extension. Um, he's definitely going to put out me and Spencer's next record, which is very very tight. We're opening as the podcast opening for Beyonce on her next tour. Yup, yup, mm -hmm. yup. We're just gonna talk about aliens for an hour before Beyonce goes on every no, night. No doubt, no doubt. It's, yeah, Blue, it's, it's lit over here right Blue, now. Blue Ivy is a uh, is. We're gonna interview Blue she, Ivy next week. Blue Apron is a new sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> We've been waiting for the Blue Apron sponsorship forever. Turns out all we needed to do was just join the Illuminati. Join the Illuminati. One email change everything, and man. we're in. So yeah, go uh, go follow us, and by us I mean the Illuminati, because now we're members on on Instagram, Twitter, it's Facebook, and YouTube. We're we're back with another week of daily email updates from the reptilians. Now. Oh God, are we right, going to get they one? the same? Is that what we conclude last time? What do you mean, reptilians and Illuminati? Right, they're the same thing. Well, it depends on who secret, you talk to. Secret society of lizards of running the government. Of course, if you talk to uh, that anti-Semitic butthole, David Icke. Uh, oh, hi. Thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. <laughs> that's that's him, by the way. We interviewed Ike. That's all he gave us. Uh, if you ask that asshole, yes, the, the Illuminati and the reptiles are the same thing. My favorite do think, one... Do you think they're animal secret societies? You know, we were talking the other day about like mm. how dolphins really are just as intelligent as humans and yeah. their societies are set up their culture is set up sort of the same way they have language they have blah 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 hierarchical structure to their their societies <laughs> and uh what just happened did you just have a stroke it's a fire marshal bill over there i got something to tell you <laughs> what do you think the dolphin secret societies are like though um they can't wear rings you you barely got that sentence out before laughing at your own it's joke. A really funny concept. Um, do they maybe <laughs> one big one? They put it over their whole body. Yeah, there you go. 
Maybe they have like little pyramid shaped plugs that they put in there. Funny dolphins. <laughs> they have pyramid shaped plugs that they stick in their blowholes, and that's so they how they die. Well, no, they're pyramid shaped, so they still leave a little gap for them to breathe. Oh, it's like a like a grill and for dolphins. They- <laughs> Oh God! I've never wanted anything more in my life. As if do- that's the dumbest idea ever. Oh, like dolphins God. don't have teeth. Yeah, they do. <laughs> no, no. Oh, yeah. uh, I thought you were like they so, don't have teeth. That's a horrible analogy. Anywho. Uh, oh, anyway, guys, you want to talk about Freemasonry this time? Um, Can we join the Masons via email? I don't. I think. I- <laughs> I think I think you <laughs> Speaking know. Speaking of not getting sentences out, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mr. Ed over here. Speaking of majestic creatures <laughs> like horses, the horse whisperers. Um, bananas, 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 carrots, apples, 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 <laughs> onions, <laughs> onions, onions, onions. I've been using that reference a lot. No one's gonna understand why I talk about onions. On There's every like show. six of us it's that fine. know that. It's we fine. If you know, you know. We should put that on the website at some point. Um, Freemasonry. The stonecutters. <laughs> you know that's just the Simpsons thing, right? That's yeah. not okay. But okay. I but I think I it's funny because it's a it's a synonym technically. Well, right. Their their whole organization is built around cutting stones, cutting stone. which is kind of a funny concept for a super secret society. Yes. What do you guys do? We move rocks around. Nice, nice. We Good do, for we you. We do math to figure out where to put the rocks. Good for you. Good for I you. I mean, it's it's real important. We all need buildings and such. Do you think their whole purpose has just been like, hey, how'd they make Stonehenge? And it's just like trying to reverse engineer Stonehenge well, for hundreds of years. In my research, I came across uh, a hypothesis because none of this stuff is, you know, you can't actually document any of this shit. But one one of the possible reasons for it being so secretive was because they needed to pass on, quote unquote, trade secrets, which along thousands of years ago meant like geometry and how to physically build things that other people weren't aware of. I feel I feel real dumb on the podcast right now, as I do most days. But you mean like bread and shit? Like bread and shit. <laughs> Shout out to whoever that was. was that Allie or I don't know. That made my day. Though. That was pretty funny. Um, listeners, if you tweet custom memes at us at What If Pod, you will, will also absolutely retweet. We them. will also absolutely retweet you guys making fun of us. Um, no, but I guess it never fully crossed my mind that at the time when education was less you know, abundant, uh, things like general math and science were protected information because it was so valuable to know it and not let other people know it. Yeah. So no wonder you create a secret society to share information because it's, it's like beneficial to your, uh, your business. I was going to say, it also puts you out of business if everyone knows geometry. Right. (laughs) If you keep building houses that keep falling over because you you don't know how to fucking make one. (laughs) How many rocks can we put on top of the other rocks before, before the rocks fall down on the other rocks? Too many rocks. (laughs) And no one's going to pay me to build their house. How many how many uh, podcast episodes do you think we would have to roast secret societies in before one of us disappears? Um, hopefully it's more than two. Yeah, hopefully it's more than two. <laughs> there will not be a part three we're, of this series. So we're, we're pushing stopping our luck at with one two. and a half. Soon as we get that unsolicited email from the Freemasons, it'll be it'd be like a Tupac thing, right? Like once one of us goes missing, you know how like Tupac's music got exponentially more popular when he died. Yeah. Like if one of us goes missing because we start talking about secret societies, our podcast is going to get way more listens because people are going to be like, oh, right, right. these dudes were ahead of the curve. Right, right, 
Right. We'll start. Whichever one of us goes missing here, we have to make a pact right now. A secret, oh man, a secret yet public pact. Okay. That if one of us goes missing, the other one will keep the podcast going. Yep. And start a what if treasure hunt to find the other one. Ooh, dip. Yeah. Like it. Okay. Cool. Like it. We'll get David. That's how we finally get David Politis on the show. Like <laughs> Dave. We've got a missing person. My co-host was taken by Bigfoot or possibly Bigfoot acting on behalf of the Illuminati. Will you help me find him and make a documentary about it? We're going to need you to use your law enforcement (laughs) skills. Some laws have been broken, and I'm going to need you to help enforce them with your law enforcement background. (laughs) Dave, we're missing. (laughs) David, dear David Plaitis, formerly of (laughs) lawenforcement.biz. Oh, sweet Jesus. Okay, the Freemasons. The Freemasons. So we talked about uh, an offshoot of the Freemasons last week on the What If podcast. We did not talk about the Freemasons themselves. Not. It's very old and very secretive. And the Freemasons themselves do not know exactly when their organization started. I feel like uh, I feel like that's how you know it's real. Like you know something is real and secretive if you're like, we literally don't know when we started it because it's so secretive. They claim that other Freemasons built King Solomon's temple and the... Also, the pyramids at Giza. I mean, define Freemasons. Like the if, following sentence also says, but no one has ever come close to providing good evidence of this. <laughs> well, <laughs> is that from a Wikipedia article? I don't remember where I got that. Okay, I, I like we, that. We there's don't. just a light degree of shade thrown in it. No one has even come close. <laughs> Not even close, bro. <laughs> uh, they do have about six million members worldwide, though. Yeah. No way. They're all over the place, man. You got Six you got European Masons, you got North million? American Masons, you got Eric Masons. Hi, Mason. We were in Duluth once and he was approached about joining the Masons. What? Yeah. Did he do it? No. Well, I mean, he is a Mason. I, I don't think he joined he not the- join? I don't know. He should have joined. They were like offering to help him out with his music career and shit. No way. Yeah, we should have him on to tell that story. I don't know why what? I didn't think of that before right now when it was too late to do it, but I'll, I'll give him a call and see if he wants to come back and talk about that. Let's get let's have him call and leave us a voicemail, and we'll just play a really drunk, rowdy voicemail from Mason about his time that he tried to get recruited by the Freemasons. Fair, fair. Uh, yeah, but it goes back a really long time to a date that is not quite certain. Okay. Um, but in its, its modern form, dates as at least back to the 18th century, where it started in England. And, uh, but it probably started in medieval England building castles and churches and stuff. Uh, it's also called the craft sometimes because, you know, it's all about building stuff out of stones. Wasn't that a, wasn't that a a scary movie? The craft? Yeah. Not that I'm aware of. It was a scary movie. Cool. It was like a witchcraft movie. It was like a teen girls Uh, witchcraft movie. Sure. Sure. Dude, did we not even acknowledge Halloween in our last week's episode? Whatever. All right. It's two weeks ago by now also. You're right. We're doing you put whole- it like that, like that, like that, you're right. You're still in, uh, you're still ghost hunting in that one place that you're going. Uh, the UK? Yeah. Generally. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one. Generally the UK. And I'm searching for dinosaur fossils in California. I wonder if we have any listeners in the UK or in like Dublin or London or I Edinburgh. bet we do. Do you say, or Denver? I said Edinburgh. Oh, <laughs> and also Denver. Or like Denver. <laughs> That's in the UK, right? I've I been can, saying some dumb shit lately. I didn't. <laughs> I did not mistake Denver for being in in the UK. I can uh, I can pull up our stats real quick if you want to find out. I'll just say this: if you're listening to this and you live in the UK, uh, send us an email at hi what if podcast dot com. 
Because I'm going to be in your hood. 6% of our listeners are in the UK. That's some. That's a significant That's number. That's more than zero. Uh, yeah, it, it appears to be in the thousands, in fact. Tight. So you should hit up some of our UK listeners. Tight. Freemasonry. <laughs> I don't know what just happened there. <laughs> we get off the rails sometimes. We'll come back around. Uh, but yeah, we were saying that the, the original goal or the original purpose of it was to pass trade secrets from one generation of masons to the next uh but they kind of picked up some other weird stuff along the way well as you do originally it was because they needed to be able to identify each other in public so they had cool handshakes and secret pins and and rings and stuff the illuminati offered to send send us pins by the way and i think we should take them up on that i want a pin so bad we need a p.o box so i'm not giving the illuminati my home address that's real so far we've been safe with people sending us whiskey and signs and nesting sharks and stuff the Illuminati is not getting my home address. I'm we sorry. have not gotten the nesting sharks yet, and I'm again. So, I'm so it's excited happening. to see them. I haven't even seen it's a picture. We're so the curiosity is killing me. <laughs> I don't have that one ready. I'm sorry. We're on a curiosity <laughs> voyage. <laughs> I do have that one ready. I am on a curiosity voyage. Boom! <laughs> all the there's you know all the stuff about the usual secret society things like the Freemasons uh, worship the devil. Uh-oh. That's that's a common one. And they do all kinds of secret new world order type of things. Does the wait, the Freemasons worship the devil? Well, I think that was mostly um rumor and intentional slander of Ooh. the Freemasons. It sounds like it. But there was We would never suggest that the Freemasons worship the devil. That is not something we would ever Suggest I wasn't suggesting it, right? I'm saying none of us <laughs> would ever suggest anything bad about the Freemasons. Thank you for clarifying. Spencer, I'm being very careful on this episode. Very, very careful. My mistake. <laughs> However. <laughs> yeah, they they have some sort of odd things about the way that they... Uh, that they meet and hang out with each other. So they, they have lodges, which is, if you've ever watched um, Twin Peaks, I'm assuming it's a lot like that, the the Black Lodge. It's just a lot of little people talking backwards and cool tiled floors, <laughs> I'm guessing is most of what happens in there. There's some video online you can see of like the, the Masonic uh, rites and rituals and stuff. Really? Yeah. They- you, you should add a link to this notes for this episode i will do that um yeah they 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 do they're very like um obviously secretive we're talking about secret societies they're secretive in that um they're secretive about a lot of like what they talk about and how they talk about it but uh there's a cool video online of them doing a um it's like well there's like levels to freemasonry right and uh and there's like a degrees they call them yeah okay word and there's a video online of, I guess you would equate it to something like a graduation ceremony from one level to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty fascinating. There's a ton of ritual and ceremony and dress code and colors and all that stuff. Yeah. You're, you're probably going to get into well, that. And there that, are lots but. of different variations of it, too, because it has evolved over a long period of time and in different locations and in different countries. And there are lots of variations. But uh, a lot of the stuff that gets brought up as being weird and sort of occult is the initiation ceremony, which involves whoever's being initiated being blindfolded with their left pant leg rolled up to the knee and their shirt partially unbuttoned to expose their left nipple. 
They then, what? They this then, isn't real. This is real. They also then have a noose placed around their neck. What? This is not real. Is this Which, for real? Where as, is this from? As far as I, as far as I know, I t- take a look at, do a quick Google for Mason initiation ceremony. What? This is crazy. I think it's all supposed to be some sort of symbolism, but I... Oh, like each of these things mean a certain thing? Represent some aspect of masonry or something? I don't know. Now I'm speculating. But there's definitely some There's definitely some sleeve rolling going on in this video. Okay. Any new members must also promise to uphold Masonic traditions and not divulge any of the society's secrets. Uh, this promise used to be accompanied by <laughs> various punishments, such as having your tongue ripped out or being buried alive. <laughs> Whoa, God damn. God damn. But uh, these days, they just refer to it as, quote, traditional penalties. <laughs> Define traditional penalties. Death in various ways. Okay. All right. So I, like, you don't need trade secrets regarding math in 2017. So just the fact that some of that stuff has persisted, I think lends itself to speculation about you what guys are, you, are doing some weird things over there. And right. Like what are you, if you, if we know, we know you're talking about, you're not talking about geometry anymore because we all know geometry. So what are you actually talking about right. kind of thing? Did I ever tell you about uh, how my AP stats test in high school took place in the Masonic Lodge across the street from my high school? That's tight. Did you sneak out? No, I was a lazy, underachieving son of a bitch who didn't go to my <laughs> AP test. What? Why? For the reasons stated previously. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's But hilarious. now I wish I would have gone and just like hung out in there for three hours and even if I wasn't going to take the test, just spend some time in a Masonic Lodge unattended. There's definitely video online of... Uh, Freemason initiation reenactment with a dude with his nip nip out. And? Uh, there is no and. That's just that's, Does he have any sleeves or pant legs rolled? He's blindfolded. He's got a sleeve rolled up and See? his shirt's unbuttoned. He's got his nip nip out. Is he, does he have a noose or was that part made up? I'm looking. Are they, I'm examining. Are they paddling his swollen ass or was that a stonecutter thing? That's uh, that's aggressive. Not, that's, that's not, what they, you, you haven't watched that Stonecutter Simpson episode lately, have it's you? It's been a really long time. That's one of their initiation rites is the paddling of the swollen ass. They just all hit Homer in the ass <laughs> yeah, about a hundred times. Um, so I, w- I was kind of on point with the Yeah, no, the that's, that's real. I was skeptical. I'm not going to lie. I needed to look that up. I was like, that sounds ridiculous. So going back to... To Eric Mason's story about the assistance with his music career and, yes. and so forth, uh, there is a lot of nepotism that happens, primarily because they have six million members worldwide. People tend to help each other out once they get to know each other, especially in that setting. And also, there is a sort of hierarchy within Freemasonry, or at least within your own lodge. And so, one may feel obligated to help their superiors out in any way that they can. Sure. Cause it reflects positively upon you. Right. And in, you know, it may help you ascend the ranks of your lodge more quickly. Mm. That's also something that's brought up in that stone cutters episode. Cause Burns, even though he's a billionaire is like the lowest of the low and <laughs> Mo keeps ordering him around and having him bring them beers and stuff. And he's like, Hey, yeah. the Freemasons have a lot of really notable members throughout the years, including 14 us presidents multiple kings of England 
including Edward VII, Edward VIII, George IV, George VI, and William IV, mm. which takes you all the way back to 1762. So they've been around at least that long. That's interesting. Uh, the presidents, in case you're wondering, included Buchanan, Ford, Gen- uh, Benjamin Franklin, James Garfield, Harding, Hoover, Johnson, Jackson, the other Johnson, McKinley, Monroe, Polk, FDR, other Roosevelt, Taft, Truman, and George Washington. God damn. <laughs> I never grabbed that one. Noob noob, right? Is I'm that, getting is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, don't, we might not need it. What I always want to know about that whenever I hear about that type thing is what order happened? Did you become a Freemason and then become the president? Or did well, you that's... become the president and then become a Freemason? Because they were like, tight, you should hang out with us now that you're the president. Right. I My, my suspicion <laughs> is that being a Freemason helps you in your ascent to the presidency more often well, than it happens the other way around. But and extrapolating some evidence that's a little more concrete from the uh, the Bilderberg meetings, I think it almost always went attend Bilderberg first, then become president. Become president. And I think the the Bohemian Grove stuff was the same. Oh, really? I believe so. We're gonna get in that later, still, right? Yeah, let's okay. do it. But yeah, I think uh, it's something like the last six or seven Republican presidents have all been members of Bohemian Grove and it's almost always a couple of years in advance of them becoming president. Ew. Right? We'll get to that later. That makes me feel icky inside. Yes, a lot of this does. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. So 14 presidents, uh, a lot of other politicians, Winston Churchill, Bob Dole. Oh, uh, hey, Bob Dole's peanut butter. <laughs> uh, lots of entertainers. And artists have been Freemasons, Masons. including Bach, Mozart, what, uh, Mark Twain, Nat King Cole, John Wayne, Peter Sellers, John Wayne, Mel Blanc. Which, okay, I'm a. There's some weird categories of people that I want to point out who have. I okay. mean, many millions of people have been Freemasons, but there are some odd groupings. Perhaps are they similar to the groupings of Bilderberg, or are they different? A little bit. You've got a lot of politicians. Okay. You have a lot of entertainers sure. or people in media. Not No entertainers go to the Bilderberg stuff. That's the no, interesting part of that. They don't Sorry, care about that going. type of media, apparently. Just uh, the press. Big business. Henry Ford was a, was a Freemason. Yeah. Dave Thomas and Colonel Sanders of fast food fame were oh, both. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so maybe they're uh, infiltrating our food supply as well. Awesome. And our transportation, I guess, or whatever Ford would fall into, I guess, just big business. There have been at least 10 U.S. astronauts who are Freemasons. There haven't been that many goddamn astronauts. Including the first two men to walk on the moon and the first man from the U.S. to go to space. There's not that many goddamn astronauts, isn't there? It's less than a thousand. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Right? Yeah. I mean... Well, because, I mean, how many... Yeah, I mean, we didn't put anybody in space until the 60s. So how many people total from the United States have been into space? Total number of U.S. astronauts? Well, I mean, I bet the total number of people people from anywhere to have ever been in space is under 1,000. Yes. How many people have gone to space? Survey says 536 total. Total? So it's yes. got to be in, from the U.S. alone, it's got to be less than like 100. Only 24 have left Earth orbit and 12 have walked on the moon. 
So of the people who have walked on the moon, how many? Three are Masons? At least. Okay. Also so include so they're, so they're shooting they're shooting twenty five percent of the moonwalkers are also Masons. Also, are you familiar with the names Gordon Cooper or Edgar Mitchell? Yeah, Edgar Mitchell was also an astronaut. He was, as was Gordon Cooper. Yeah, Edgar Mitchell, there's a great uh, documentary about Edgar Mitchell. It's called um Oh shit, what's it? Is it the one that Vice did? No, it's like a full documentary. Okay. Keep going. Vice did a, a piece on him too. I, I think they've actually both passed away now. But Gordon Cooper and Edgar Mitchell were two U.S. astronauts who were very, very vocal in their belief that extraterrestrial life existed and that it had been to Earth. Yes. So we have two men who have been to space. I believe one of them walked on the moon. I think Cooper is one of those 12. I could be wrong. Okay. If you wanted to Google that, that'd be great. Uh, otherwise, I'm sure the our social media friends will correct me afterwards. Two men who have been to space who came back saying, there are definitely aliens out there. There are definitely aliens here who also happen to be Freemasons. Maybe not a connection. I thought it was interesting. Very interesting. There are also some people who think that the the Masons were either responsible for hoaxing the moon landings or that the moon landing was a, an excuse for a Masonic ritual. The moon landing was a Masonic ritual? Mm -hmm. It's a little far out there, but okay. Uh, I'm going to read directly from a, a website called ancientcode.com for a moment. Please do. The question we need to ask is, what could they, they're talking about the moon landing, what could they have done away from the camera? Did they have a top secret mission, as some people believe? When Apollo 11 first landed on the moon, there were certain areas they had to examine, and even before landing, they had to photograph them. But did NASA have certain areas already picked out? Was it because of the artificial structures, which they already knew to be there? Dun, dun, dun. According to NASA records, the Sea of Tranquility was chosen based on its flat surface, but some researchers suggest this site was chosen because on that date, its coordinates lined up directly under Orion's belt. Which, if you believe that this, the Freemasons were involved with the building of the pyramids, and if you uh, are familiar with Robert Bavall's work about the pyramids, he believes, and many people now believe, that the pyramids are built to align directly with constellation of Orion's belt. Yes. Especially at certain times of year. Yes. They picked the landing site, going back to this article, they picked the landing site uh, based on a specific date, latitude, and longitude. You then, from that, can calculate a specific time in which to create your launch window. It is believed that the person who picked all of Apollo's landing dates and landing times, including Apollo 11, was Farouk El-Baz, his father is also to believed to be believed to be an expert on ancient Egypt history and mythology. Mm -mm. So this crazy ass website is suggesting <laughs> that there were that the entire moon landing was a Masonic ritual carried out at a specific date, time, and location, which aligned with Orion's belt. A bit of a stretch for me, but they're batting a pretty high percentage of Masons who are also astronauts, so I will allow it partially. <laughs> well, if you're going to build structures on the moon, you would need some Masons involved, probably. Good point. Mm. Moon rock! <laughs> um, you got some different physics at play, you know? That's true. That's true. You got to do some math for that. Yeah. Um, mm. Okay, so... 
damn. So entertainers, astronauts. I think a lot of that could just be chalked up to like there have been millions and millions of Masons over several hundred years. Yeah, but like the level of notoriety among the Masons is interesting. But there's also a list somewhere of millions of Masons that no one has ever heard of. You know what I mean? That is true. It's only notable because it's notable. But I guess I would also say that there is no other group or secret society in the world that has verifiable ownership of a list of people like the Masons, like in in those circles of the world. Right. Well, because most secret societies don't publish a list of, of members. Otherwise, it wouldn't be very secret. I mean, I guess that's true, but and like, most aren't nearly that large. True. I'm just saying there's no other club that you could say that like that many presidents were a part of or that many astronauts were a part of. Or Except maybe the next one that we're going to talk about. Oh, that's true. Well, that's true. Should we should we take it there? We can. I guess my last question about the Masons is like, <laughs> do they have, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this with like the whole Illuminati shit. Like, is there a goal? Is there a desired outcome of, is it just like, let's, I mean, in the way that we talked about the whole Illuminati shit, it was like, let's hang out together and be, uh, you know, be smart together and talk about our fucking feelings and our ideas. Like, <laughs> is that they were talking about their feelings? But well, maybe. you know, <laughs> uh, I think when you have a group that large and a group that we got another email from the Illuminati. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Well, well no, now, now we have to. It you can't, you it, can't it, scream it, that and then just be oh, carry on. It literally happened as we were recording. Oh, Jesus. It's start- fear not. Well, Spencer, I'll, I'll, fear not also, for the struggles you face in this moment. Sorry, before fear not is another pyramid emoji. Correct. Be they money, relationships, war, or famine, these are impermanent and temporary concerns that plague every member of the human species, regardless of wealth or power or prestige. Fear I'm, not. I'm I'm sorry. I'm gonna unsubscribe instantly. <laughs> instantly. You know what the worst part is? They sign these emails with like Instagram selfies of people who joined this Illuminati official website and are wearing like necklaces and holding up their fake Illuminati books. Most of those photos look shopped. Oh my god, <laughs> they're so bad. All right, we got one final email saying we've been unsubscribed. Farewell. <laughs> It's unfortunate that you have chosen to renounce your loyalty. However, if you wish to remain in good standing, you may relist yourself by using the options below. <laughs> yeah, you know they use MailChimp, too. They Guys, totally if, if use MailChimp. I, if I disappear before the next episode, you all know why. <laughs> you all know why. Because we, we roasted. Because we joined and left the Illuminati in like... In the course of about an yeah, hour. About an hour. <laughs> and you sent me two it. emails in an hour. I'm out. And, and we roasted it on both sides of our joining and departure. Well, we do it for you guys. We provide free entertainment <laughs> <laughs> at, the, at the cost of maybe disappearing our, one of our these potential days. potential disappearance. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. I had, uh, I had to call attention I think attention I was saying that, that you can have some pretty meaningful nepotism if you have a six million member organization spread out throughout the world. That's uh, that's real. Especially that's when some real. of those people are in very important, high-ranking positions right. in industry or politics or no doubt. elsewhere. No doubt. So that would seem like enough of a reason at this point to keep it going, if, if nothing else. As in that you've... You, you were just, saying, what's what's the goal of Freemasonry? Right. You're just saying it's it's been successful enough in like 
creating enough connections that yeah. let's keep creating connections kind of thing. Yeah. And maybe if there are some core, uh, some underlying core beliefs or values that, you know, you feel better about having people who, you know, sort of share your values in, in powerful positions. That makes sense. It, it almost kind of reminds me of, um, well, I was going to say like Greek life, like sororities and fraternities, but also even like, even colleges, you know, like there are people in the professional world who, if they're hiring for a position and someone comes in who is an alumni of their same Absolutely. university will prefer that person. I mean, might not be stated. They won't write that in like their, right. their preference for that person, but whether it's a fraternity or a university, like there are preferences lent towards those people. And I don't think there's any organization in the world with as many alumni, if you will, right. than the 6 million strong. You come Freemasons. in with the, the official stonecutter handshake. Right. You got the job. <laughs> like, oh, dope, I'm in. <laughs> I don't even have to interview. There's, uh, yeah, this one is another giant, giant topic that yeah. we could spend a lot of time on. But Oh, my I, God, the rites and the rituals and the and the members and the, yeah, for sure. The rings and the handshakes and the, yeah. the yeah, slander, goat-related slander. Don't be slandering goats. <laughs> well, somebody thought they were slaughtering some goats and or worshiping demons. Uh-oh. Yeah, there's been some, been some people throughout the years that have tried to take down the Masons by spreading lies. Yikes. Sit on a throne of lies. You sit on a throne of lies. Should um, we talk about Bohemian Groves yeah, let's, and uh, giant owls? Let's take a quick break, and uh, we're going to uh, come back and talk about setting giant owls on fire and oh. all of the all <laughs> oh. thunderbirds but don't just cherish the owl don't don't hurt the owl cherish the owl we'll be right back on the what if podcast we want to hear from you send us a message email hi that's hi at what if podcast.com or leave us a voicemail at 612-246-4614 Every summer, a, a bunch of people go to California and hang out in the woods together on a 2,700-acre private camp in the Redwood Forest of Northern California. That's big! It's big as hell. Uh, it's all dudes. No, it's another no girls allowed treehouse, literal, literal treehouse club this why, time. Why? I don't know. Well, I mean, it's, that's another good answer to, like, why, what is the purpose of these societies? Because a lot of times it comes down to, like, let's continue the status quo and make sure that things continue to be ideal for us and right. fuck everybody else. Right. Men it in power, men in power. Seems to be the, well, old white men in power specifically seems to be the mission statement of a lot of these things. Right. Every Republican president since 1923 has been a member of the club. Every Republican president. I mean, it's not that many. It, that's like five people, but Eisenhower, Nixon, Reagan, and both Bushes. But this goes back to the thing that we talked about earlier of like who can boast that track record of membership kind of thing, you know? Well, and in this case, it seems like that's probably intentional. Like that is the result of a of a specific strategy. Devised. Yeah. It, it's basically a, a two-week-long retreat out in the middle of the Redwood Forest where uh, up to 1,500 very important old white rich men 
1,500. How do they house 1,500 people? There is room for up to 1,500 people. Wow. They must legit be like dormitories and stuff. They have, uh, they got like big old tents and yurts and stuff out in the woods. Whoa. Yeah. It's a, it's a very like no parents sort of situation. (laughs) No parents. It's like the old lost boys, the lost, the lost men. The lostest men. Their, their big claim to fame is that one of the original meetings that led to the Manhattan Project happened at Bohemian Grove in 1940-whatever, 42 maybe. That's heavy duty. And these meetings are said to play a key role in major political and business deals since it was founded in the late 1800s. Damn. So it's been going on for a long, long time. A hundred plus years. Sort of in the middle of this 2,700 acres, there's a large man-made lake. Oh. And at the edge of the lake is a 40-foot tall owl. Oh. That I think you referenced earlier. Shit. And at the the first night of these two weeks, they have a very secret ceremony. And it's called the, oh, fuck. What is it? The, the Cremation of Care. Thank you. Cremation of Care, which is a terrifying name. Yeah. I mean, okay, not to go too deep too quickly, but like the cremation of care in its most literal sense. Sounds lovely. It means you're setting on fire the concept of like caring about things. Yes. That's it's a it's a pretty good summary for what they're doing. That's fucked up. Yes, that's also a pretty good summary of what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) You can actually find video of this ritual or ceremony or whatever you want to call it happening on YouTube thanks to a documentary made by none other than Alex Jones, who in, was it 2000-ish? 02, somewhere in there? Early 2000s? It was very early in the Alex Jones career before, uh, before his content became what his content is today. I was watching part of this documentary today and he narrates it and speaks on camera a lot. Yep. And he sounds and sort of looks somewhat sane. <laughs> Salient as a like human Like if you being. put it side by side with him now where it's just a total disaster 100% of the time and he's just literally screaming instead of talking. Right. And he looks like his head is going to explode at all times. Like he seems like a somewhat reasonable dude who's like passionate about what he's talking about right but he hasn't you know fully jumped off the edge like he has in the last few years and the reason they're setting the owl on fire is because there's demons inside of all of their buttholes (laughs) and they're turning the frogs gay (laughs) can you believe this like this dastardly plan to turn all the frogs gay and put demons in your butthole (laughs) which it's you can't even play that game with him because no matter what totally absurd stupid thing you you say as him he said something he has more said ridiculous that or worse like the the turning the frogs gay is an actual thing that he said on his show he i mean his own wife in their divorce proceedings not not to drag the man's biz biz into this but it was public it was public and she basically set out to say that like his whole thing is just a is a character like everything that he has created since he his right. crazy quote unquote has is just a a character that he puts on, which was a uh, well no wasn't wasn't it the other wasn't it the other way around wasn't he saying that she he, suggested that and he owned up to it I think is what it was because I thought he was using that argument as like I should have custody of my kids and I'm oh, not yeah. I'm not you insane this is just right. like a 
pro wrestling bit that I do on TV and call news. Yeah. And he, his wife, I think, was on the other side of it saying, like, no, he's actually lost yep, it. Yep. No, you're right. You're right. His lawyer tried to make the pitch that he was playing a character. Okay. Because neither neither way is good for him because if he's not playing a character, then he's totally off the rails. And if he is playing a character, he's playing a really dangerous, awful character. Right. And his audience, I think, largely doesn't real, doesn't realize or doesn't accept that he is playing a character. But especially because he's slowly become that character right. from a place where, like you're talking about in this documentary, where they're actually literally going like, hey... A bunch of Republican presidents came out of this weird camp. There's a bunch of really important people here, kind of similar to the Bilderberg group. It's super secretive and blocked off. We're going to sneak a camera in and, like, see what they're doing in here. Yeah, so I never got around to finishing describing the the documentary. No, I interrupted myself. Uh, But, yeah, that is essentially what they did. They they sneaked, he and a camera operator sneaked into this camp for not very long. I think they only made a day or so before they got kicked out. Booted. But... They f- hey, what you doing here? But they got some footage of of some of these ceremonies and rituals and just sort of the layout of the whole thing. And it starts with the, the ceremony of, with the owl and the cremation of care. Is that what it's called, right? Cremation of care, yep. They fake, or I'm hoping it's faked, a human sacrifice in the yeah. middle of the ceremony. Yeah. They have this effigy of, of a person brought up onto this altar and they set it on fire. It's weird. In front of a 40-foot owl with a bunch of guys standing around in robes around a a lake that they built in the middle of the Redwood Forest. It's weird. It's It's super fucking weird. And then when you consider everyone who's been there, to to even join the club, you have to either be invited by multiple members and or wait for decades for a spot to open up because it's a lifetime membership. Ooh. There's a $25,000 initiation fee and then in addition to hefty yearly fees... Uh, there are currently about 2,500 people who are active members. Whoa. Almost, well, all of them are men. Almost all of them are Republican and almost all of them are white. And over the years, it's included uh, many, many politicians, big business leaders, and the occasional artist because it is, after all, the Bohemian Grove. Yeah, right, right. But uh, I think it was... Yeah, Steve Miller of Steve Miller Band fame was huh. was a member at one I point. I love Steve Miller Band. <laughs> Some great songs came out of that band. Um, and there's, yeah, there's just like a, a a bunch of bunch of old rich white guys living out in the woods for a couple weeks and having secret meetings. And it's it's they have their own private security. There's there's no documentation allowed of any of it. Women and children are allowed to visit, but have to leave before dark. Whoa. They are not allowed to stay overnight. Creepy. And so it's the uh, similar to the Bilderberg stuff. It's like a Bilderberg two-week retreat in the middle of the woods instead of a, it with a, a guest list about 10 times the size instead of just uh, three or four days of, of meeting in a, in a conference room somewhere. And they're doing it out in the woods and having weird satanic rituals. And there, there have been all kinds of crazy, again, because... There's no actual information. People speculate and rumors fly around of orgies and murders and satanic rituals and drinking and smoking. Oh, and oh no, no, not no, no, no. I mean, more you like, and I are both currently drinking. No, my, my guy. I mean, I don't mean that as like. I mean more like, uh, like. And above all, <laughs> after they murdered they people, beer. they smoked marijuana. <laughs> the devil's lettuce. And the devil's lettuce. Um. No, just that like the, the one of the 
there is a article that came out from Spy Magazine in 89 from a... Pardon? Spy Magazine. Spy Magazine? Apparently it was a real thing in 89. I don't know if it's real day. I wish it were. Can we get a subscription to our P.O. box that we need for... (laughs) Yes. For gifts. We do do need to establish that. Gifts and Illuminati correspondence. Yes. I want you guys to send us weird books. Um, He wrote an article in November of 89 called Inside Bohemian Grove where he says... You know you're inside the Bohemian Grove when you come down a trail in the woods and hear piano music from a group of tents and round a bend to see a man with a beer in one hand and his penis in the other urinating in the bushes. They how just they, talk how about did they get a piano out there. How do you bring a piano to the woods? I mean, I think Bruno there are Mars out there. There are buildings out there. Like if you watch the Alex Jones documentary, there's like lodges what are you and cabins. To say, bro? Are you trying and... to say I only watched the first nine minutes and then have just been spouting <laughs> off about it for the last ten minutes on our podcast? Because that's what, a, what are you trying to say? Because that's exactly what happened. Is that what, is that what you're saying? Because that's exactly what happened. She was busy learning about the horse whispers. <laughs> yeah, they they also killed it. Um, anyway, um, yes, the, yes, there Bruno are. Mars is out there, and people got their dicks out. <laughs> I think that's where you left off. Bruno Mars is playing piano while uh, while people get naked and do immature rowdy things in in the woods. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know this. This to me, just like the entire concept of Bohemian Grove is is a weird ritualistic combination of like Bilderberg plus. Uh, the Masons, kind of like it's it's like somewhere in between. It but has also like, summer camp, but also <laughs> like summer camp. They put on plays and shit. They have they have a talent show night. Yes, seriously, <laughs> like seriously, they have. Is Ronald Reagan doing impressions of like Jimmy Carter? <laughs> well, I mean, Reagan was an actor before he was president. I know that's what I'm saying. But uh, it's all dudes, so they have to like dress up in drag to play to play the female characters and stuff. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. I on some level, I get that a bunch of really famous, really important world leader, rich people types would want some place where they could not be bothered with all that shit. Sure. And maybe they be around out. maybe mm. be around other people who have a similar lifestyle. Sure. It also that grouping of people uh without any sort of supervision or oversight or yeah. also scares the shit out of me. Yeah, totally. Especially that it's all old white republican men. Like that that group of people has never done good things for the planet. <laughs> sure, sure haven't. Sure haven't. That's uh, that's not a crew I want conspiring about how to make the world a better place for themselves. Not really. Not really. That's bad for everyone else. It's funny, you know, I have this whole, like, I have a personal philosophy about privacy where I feel like people deserve the right to have privacy. You know, I, I feel like the good luck. I feel no, for sure. But I, I feel like oftentimes the people who, you know, who argue for, you know, things like the Patriot Act and like just general sort of supervision and, and all that stuff, monitoring, whatever their, their argument is usually, well, if you have nothing to hide, then it does you don't need to be private. But there's something about this echelon of what's that? No, just that line of reasoning is such trash. Yeah, it's dog shit. It's dog shit. And I don't believe it. I don't believe it personally, and I don't believe it for the broader, the broader universe as a whole. But how however, if you will, uh there is a part of me that feels like there are certain portions of society when it comes to legislators and business people who are who, whose 
behaviors and interactions affect like like we were talking about earlier thousands if not hundreds of thousands if not millions if not many, literally many billions, millions or billions yeah billions of lives if many of them are hanging out in private and secret situations and we don't get to know what is being said or discussed or decided upon etc in those places that's a level of privacy that I don't feel like should be afforded to people in those situations I just I don't know I it's, and maybe it's, that's it's hypocritical not, I don't know yeah it's not privacy at that point. It's, I mean, there is evidence that policy decisions are being made in these settings. Right. Which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that is just not how our government is intended to or legally required to operate. Right. And I just don't know, like... I don't know how that shit I do know how that shit happens all the time. But the our level of acceptance of it, yeah, combined with our general inability to act upon it in any meaningful way, like I can be pissed that that's happening, but realistically, what could I possibly do about it? Right. Why and, does- e- and even like Alex Jones or someone else who you know, there've been several people now who have gained access to write and report on what's happening there. Right. But even that, okay, so now now other people are, are aware of it. Now I can Google the Bohemian Grove and find information about what's going on there. Yep. But then what? Right. You know, what am, what am I going to do or what are we going to do, I guess, is the real question about these this group of people who... It's just this, this hard balance of like especially when it comes to politicians but also with with business like we have either as a community voted for our politicians yep or supported these businesses to the point where they have billions of dollars either personally or organizationally right and there's a lot of overlap between those those two groups and so in a way we're sort of all responsible for it but we've gone so far down that road and it's been the case for so long before any of us currently ever even got here Yep, that you're way behind and now you have to work to actively undo all that stuff. Right. And I don't know where you even begin with any of that. Yeah, completely. I mean, the, the other thing that's hard too is, you know, the thing that weirds me out a little bit about these, these, you know, whether it's Bilderberg or whether it's Bohemian Grove or whether it's, you know, I mean, and, and I'm sure there are people who are listening to this who are like, it's just fucking people fucking being people. Like it's not a big deal. They're just like us, whatever. And like, I'm sure there's some elements of the spectrum that is that, but the other element of the spectrum is like far more insidious and dangerous and like difficult. Developing nuclear weapons at your, weekend retreat in the woods right not developing but planning to develop and then use nuclear weapons or programs or whatever yeah exactly i mean like yeah like that yeah for sure that is maybe the best example of it is to be proud of the fact that the manhattan project was... no one should be proud of the manhattan project no nobody that that alone nobody. is such a f- ridiculous position to hold that you're that proud. should be the worst moment in our collective history i i mean I would say many would argue that it is, and and yet to say that you're proud of it coming out of your 
secret fucking boys club. And is... I mean, no one, no one really talks about it. So I guess I can't say that people are proud of it, but like to have that be an outcome of what you are doing, right. whether or not you feel good about it. And, and, and whether or not, and whether or not you feel good about it, the fact that something that has that level of impact on the world, whether or not you believe that the Manhattan project was a good thing, a net good, whatever, like to put your politics aside, the fact that something that, that huge could come from that event mm-hmm. speaks worlds to what those events are potentially creating in the world. Right. And how Without many of any them, us ever knowing about it exactly. or having any sort of input in any way. Right. And how many, how many Manhattan projects exist in the world that we just have never heard of, you know, that we don't actually know are happening out in, in the ether. And, and, and also too, you know, that's another thing I think about with these, these things. I think I, I got off track, but was going to come back to is, we know about Bilderberg group and they keep doing it in front of every fucking buddy every fucking year. And they don't give a publicizing shit. Publicizing their topics. Publici- to- but yeah, publicizing what they're talking about to try to legitimize themselves somehow. Same China. thing with Bohemian Grove. What, what meetings are happening that we don't know about? Which ones are happening that are more under wraps? Is this the yeah. way that private, is this the way well, that people get to be in the same room is like the more of us that come here, the more secretive we make it, the easier it is for us to have conversations that are untraceable or... I think initially, you know, if, if you go back more than 30 years, I don't know how you would have acquired and then shared information about these things because your only, your only outlet was really the press. And right. if, if you're not giving press access, the only reason we know about like the Bohemian Grove stuff is because people sneaked in there and then people either disseminated it through the press or now through the internet. Right. And even if it was just in the press, that would have gotten lost were it not for the internet. You know, we would right. have had to track down some 30-year-old magazine article at a library somewhere. Right. And we would have had to know to look for it somehow. Right. You know, so the I think it was meant to be secretive. And then when it became less secretive, they also have the power to just say, well, we don't care. We're going to keep doing it and you can't do anything about it. Right. Which is really seems to be the Bilderberg's approach is like we will be they have a website where you can email them (laughs) and you can see a roster of who's there and allegedly what they're going to be discussing. Right. And they just say like, yeah, this is this is what we're doing. And good luck doing anything about it right. and good luck finding out any information about it because the 150 most powerful people in the world are here and they're not going to tell you about it. What do you think would have to happen for what to actually, to actually change it, to actually impact events like these continuing to happen? I think the first step would just be to, to know what's actually happening in there. I mean, I, I think that it's probably some nefarious, not for the greater good type of stuff going on. But but it it could also be literally the most boring white dinner party you've ever been to in your life. And that's what I'm saying. The first step would, the first step would be to just gather some information about what is actually happening. Right. How you would do that, I guess you would have to somehow ahead of time get some intelligence about because they don't they don't publicize where it's going to be ahead of time. I don't think the meeting, the Bilderberg meetings. Um, I think they only publicize all this stuff after it's already happened. 
Do they rotate them now, though? Because what, they used the to all be at the hotel. No, no, no. They're all over the place. The last yeah. one was in Virginia. It was in somewhere okay. in Europe before that. They they move around. And I think I think only after the fact they say where it was and who was there and what they talked about. At this year's meeting. Oh, God damn it. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, I, the press has gotten information ahead of time or while it's going on because it's several days usually. Right. Of like when you see, you know, a bunch of people. In, it was in... It was 30 miles from the White House this year. So when you see That's so wild. when you see a bunch of people in Virginia and DC and Maryland who shouldn't probably be there and aren't talking about why they're there, maybe you can put two and two together and figure out that that's going on. Yeah. Hey, what you doing? I I mean, I'm guessing that the security is such at these meetings that you cannot gain access to it and if you do, you certainly wouldn't be able to leave the premises with any sort of information. And yeah. if you do, you would probably disappear. Right. I mean, it, it's got to be one of those situations, right? Right. If I go in there, and even if I somehow recorded a meeting and was able to leave with it, if I ever publicized it, I'm gone. You getting got. I would I would imagine the the only way that it would that it would work would be if an attendee who was too notable and powerful to get got if they recorded nefarious conversations and came out yeah. and were like, I was invited to this thing this year. I recorded everything. Look how fucked up and crazy this thing is. I think this is wrong and we needed to put a stop to this and put that out Man, there. You're putting, you're putting not only yourself, but I mean, say... Say Bezos does that. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Former attendee of Bilderberg meetings. Yes. Okay, you're putting yourself at risk. I, uh, I what? I mean, are you? Based if, on what if, we had previously agreed to, yes. I, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is like if I, I'm thinking more like the average person could disappear and it wouldn't be a stink, but Jeff Bezos couldn't like come out and say at Bilderberg policy discussions are being had that are affecting the American people without their knowledge. And I have audio evidence to prove it. Like, and then, if, and then if he disappeared that year, I don't think anyone would be like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that that's the whole I, thing about public sources coming forward and saying, I'm a witness to this and I'm whatever, whatever. And, and being public enough about it that you are, you can't be a target because you're too visible. But you could adopt a general fuck Amazon policy next year at your meeting. And that's what I was getting to is like, you're not only sure. putting yourself at risk, you're now putting your entire company and your tens of thousands of employees. Yeah. And you're affecting all, everyone there is there because they have an effect on the world, not just themselves. And right. it would be hard to justify, even if you think something really messy and terrible is happening there. You're not only putting yourself at risk by speaking about it, but also anyone that is associated with you, I would think. Right. And if that's either, you know, business, your your employees, your associates, your constituents, if you're a, a politician. As well as your political future. Yeah, and affecting your ability to do anything positive the rest of your career in, right. in either of those fields. Right. I, and then on just a selfish level, I'm sure they all benefit hugely from it. If I had the ability to sit down 
with the biggest people in every walk of life that could have the hugest impact on my life, I would want to probably be a part of that. For sure. That's going to make my situation way better. For sure. Hey, China, this one very specific small tax, if you could get rid of that, I could also import X, Y, and Z, and we could have a mutually beneficial deal struck very quickly. Also, this is my personal opinion, but... All, all of this is, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> you don't, I don't think you get to that point without having, without making some very questionable moral decisions. Hmm. I don't think there are morally competent billionaires. I don't think you get to be in the highest levels of government and having, while maintaining a clean conscience. I just don't think it's possible. That's interesting. I think it's possible. I think it's rare. I think it's been, I think it's been done. I don't think it's, I think it's a lot easier to get there by fucking people over. (laughs) I, in big and small ways. I don't think there is a billionaire who has a clean conscience or I, what I would consider to be a clean conscience. Warren Buffett's a very nice little old man. Bullshit. <laughs> like it's just not. It's, there's no way. I mean, there's I no way. I, I don't know. The, the simple I, fact that you have billions of dollars and you're not doing something positive with it. Warren Buffett does a ton of positive things with his billions. Does he still have billions of dollars? Yeah. Then he's not doing shit. That's not true. Okay. That's why I prefaced it because I knew you would vehemently disagree with me. <laughs> not vehemently disagree with you, but I just don't think that. I don't think that having billions of dollars. Also, how'd you get it? And spending billions of dollars, like you have to have billions to spend billions and you can't spend all your billions at once. I mean, look at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Like they're liquidating billions of dollars like every year of their money and spending it on their foundation and a bunch of other stuff. And granted, you can say what you want about Bill and Melinda Gates, but I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I I disagree and I I knew we would disagree, so. That's fine. You you disagree. Well, but what do you mean? You, you, you're saying you should instantly liquidate the money that you bring in as a rich person in order to give it away? I'm saying you in, in the United States or probably anywhere, you don't acquire billions of dollars without doing some shady things that affect people negatively. And if you have, if you still have billions of dollars, you could be doing a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the, the you, thing. No the, one needs a billion dollars. No, absolutely not. I I wouldn't disagree with that. I don't think anyone needs a billion dollars, not at all. And I think everyone who has a billion dollars should be spending more of their billions of dollars to help other people. I I wouldn't disagree with you that, about that at all. Okay. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. The the part about the part about the fact that like like I don't know. I I think if you have a if you have 10 billion dollars and you're spending a billion every year and you keep making more money just because of where you are in the world, so your your net worth keeps growing while you're spending your money. I, I you know sometimes it takes money to make money, and I would I would maybe make the argument that like like somebody like Warren Buffett, a lot of his money is tied up in investments. So if he has to invest money to get money to then spend more money, like that is also a reality of the world. Sure. I, <laughs> I mean that's just how money works. Like if you have money right. investments, and investments, you that make that money at, off of that. On, on a on some level, that's like an inherently bad thing. Well, yeah, but that's a whole nother episode about like our capital system. As yeah, a society all I'm too. saying is that people that get to that point have done some things that I would consider wrong and are actively continuing to do that by 
even through investments, investing in companies that are doing things that are wrong. Yeah. Throwing billions of dollars into companies that are actively harming people. Yeah, sure. Like one of Warren Buffett's biggest investments is Coca-Cola. And yeah. we, we could have a, we could do a whole episode about the things that Coca-Cola has done That's as a company saying. that there, is you, not. You, it's impossible okay. to be clean at that point. Sure. I mean, we could also make the argument that it's impossible to be clean in society. So sure. there's that. Yeah, I mean, but all of that is is maximized at that point. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then you put everyone who's maximized that in one room and then say, what do you want to do today? Right. That was my point from like 20 <laughs> minutes ago. It's like you don't get in that room without having already made a bunch of concessions. Right. And then at that point, that group's interests are a net negative for the rest of the planet. Sure. And and the concessions you've made allow you to make more concessions with the people that are in that room. Yes. And to make much bigger concessions than you maybe have ever made to get to that point. The stakes are certainly higher. Indeed. What were we talking about again? Secret societies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. All right, man. There's like one one thousandth of the information on secret uh, societies. That we could possibly give you on secret societies. No, we got derailed by arguing about billionaires for a while. Nah, we're good. Y'all good. Um, My mistake. <laughs> However. Y'all go watch uh, go watch the movie The Skulls. You can see Josh Jackson and Paul Walker be uh, Yale students who engage in weird occult rituals Is in a basement. Is that the tie-in? Okay, you were talking about that for a long time without me having any idea what you were talking about. I was talking about that movie because you it just is started a, talking about how you bought it at Best Buy without ever saying what it was, though, and I was confused. The movie is called The Skulls, and it's a movie a lot of where Josh Jackson is a new student at Yale, and a bunch of the kids who are the cool kids at college are in this secret club that he can't get into. Led by George W. Bush. Led by Paul Walker, who <laughs> may be playing George W. I'm in a club. <laughs> I'm in a club. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a... My daddy let me in the club. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the club. <laughs> uh, We're really out here on a podcast in 2017 doing George W. Bush impressions. What's Sh- up? Shut us down immediately. Goodbye. We will see you next we week. We love you. We miss you. All right. Love you. Bye. I am on a curiosity voyage. We'll be back next week with another episode of the What If podcast. Learn more at www.whatifpodcast.com.